My name is Todd. I'm one of the pastors here at Faith Community. Thank you so much for, for being here. I want to welcome you. This is a celebration of life. Uh, we're here today to celebrate the, the life of Barbara Garfield. Wife, mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, friend. On Friday, October 1st, Barb passed from this life to her eternal home. And it's been my privilege to know Barb for about 30 years. And, uh, and this I know about her. She came to a place in her life years ago where she placed her trust in Jesus Christ as her Savior. I know this from my own conversations with her over the years. Many of you know this from sitting around small groups and Bible studies with her, uh, from worshiping and serving with her, and uh, like that's her spot right there. And uh, if you can get any closer to the music, she would. Uh, we know this from the way that she uh, lived her life, the way that she loved the very essence of who she was, and it all flowed from her relationship with God, which was such a vital part of her life. She talked about her faith. She lived her faith over the long haul, um, which was a faith in Jesus Christ as her Savior, the way that she treated each of us um, and everyone she interacted with came from that. Um, we can rejoice today because today um, she's in the presence of her Creator and her Lord. This is the hope that sustains us, even, this, even in the face of death. And Nothing can take that away from us, and we're thankful for a hope like that. I want to read a really familiar verse. And whether, you've, whether you're a church-going person, ever open a Bible or not, you've heard this verse, and it's in Psalm 23. And I want to give a, a little bit of context. Psalm 23, verse 4, the psalmist David said, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So in Israel... In the Judean wilderness is a deep gorge called Wadai Gelt, Valley of the Shadow of Death. It's, it's uh, located in the west, what is now the West Bank. It's a steep, deep, narrow canyon where the sun only hits the bottom of it when it's directly overhead at high noon. The rest of the time, the bottom of this canyon is dark. David probably, the writer of the psalm, probably led his sheep through a part of that valley, the, the shadow of death, while he was growing up. And you look in the Bible, all through the Bible, the term valley <clears throat> refers to all kinds of rough times in life. So I wonder, how then are we supposed to handle the valleys, the dark valleys of life? A couple things I've learned about the valleys. Maybe these reminders will help all of us, because death is at its best a difficult thing to understand. I've learned that valleys are inevitable. They are going to happen, so we might as well just count on them and not be too surprised. In John 16, Jesus said, in the world you will have trouble. It's not a matter of if, it's when. There will be times of suffering, there'll be times of sickness, there'll be times of loss, there'll be times of sorrow. That's a normal part of life. I've learned too that the valleys are unpredictable. Uh, you can't always predict them, you can't always schedule them, you can't always explain them away. The prophet Jeremiah said, disaster follows disaster in an instant. My tents are destroyed and my shelter falls in a moment. So they're unpredictable. I've learned that valleys are impartial. No one's immune to them. No one's insulated from pain and loss and sorrow. No one gets to skate through problem free, right? And when you face the trials and the difficult times and the low valleys, it doesn't mean you're being punished because you're a bad person. It just means you're a person. It's part of the human experience. And the Bible is very clear that good things sometimes happen to bad people and sometimes bad things happen to good people. And Jesus said in Matthew 5, it rains on the just and the unjust. So valleys are impartial. 
And then I've learned that valleys are purposeful. That God has a reason for taking us through valleys. The Apostle Peter wrote this. He said, at the present, you may be temporarily harassed by all kinds of, tri of trials. This is no accident. It happens to prove your faith or to build your faith. And I think God wants to build our faith and our sense of who he is even in the valleys because it's in the valley that we come face to face with who God is. When we don't see how we can trust God anymore, that's where our faith is tested and grown and built up. So what do we do to get through the dark valleys? David said, I'll fear no evil. Uh, you're with me. So first of all, I would say refuse to be defeated. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It says, I walk through the valley, not I run through it. I panic and run the other way. David says, I'm not going to be afraid, and I'm going to calmly walk through the valley. Because here's the thing. You can't always go around the valley. You can't go under it. You can't go over it. You, got, you can only go through it. And he says, I'll fear no evil. I'm going to go through it because you, my God, are with me. And then we've got to remember then that God is with us. God promises his power in the valley, but he promises his presence too. So we don't need to go through dark valleys. We don't need to go through this dark valley by ourselves. God says, I am with you. I think it's interesting, this 23rd Psalm, which is so familiar to so many people that sometimes we miss some really great things in there. And I think it's interesting when you get to verse 4, this language that I'm quoting, there's a strategic change in the language. And so I like, leave it to me to bring a grammar lesson into a memorial service, but that's kind of my jam. So in the first part of this verse, this, this very well, I should say in the first part of this psalm, all the pronouns are in the third person. <clears throat> He's talking about God. He leads me beside still waters. He guides me into green pastures. He restores my soul. So David's talking about God. But when he gets in the dark valley, he changes to the second person pronouns. He starts talking not about God, but to God. You are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. Because it's in the dark valley that we're brought face to face with God and maybe become more aware of his presence and this thing becomes a lot more intimate. When I'm going through a dark valley, I don't want to just talk about God. I want to talk to God. So we're in, we're in this dark valley, and we're spent and depleted and hurting and grieving, and this is the time to be talking directly to God. I think he wants to become real in our lives. And God would say to us, I'm with you. You're not in this by yourself. And I enjoy the mountaintops. I mean, don't we all? But we often come face to face with God in the dark valleys of life. Oh, and then the psalmist writes about being led beside quiet waters. And in this valley in Israel, there are springs, springs of water all through it. And I think it's really interesting, this metaphor that David uses to talk about the experiences of life. Because even though uh, it's known as the valley of the shadow of death, there are signs of life everywhere. Sometimes we just need to sit quietly beside the source of life. And the psalmist says, when I do that, he refreshes my soul. There's something else I've learned about the valleys. When you go through a dark valley, the hard parts, the parts you don't want to face, there are the shadows. In the darkness, you might see the shadows on the wall of the valley as you go through that deep canyon. 
and you're like, how am I going to make it through this? This is, this is ominous and it's overwhelming. I'm going to remind you that there is no shadow without a light somewhere. So as we walk through the dark valley, the valley of the shadow of death, and you wonder if the sun has stopped shining and God might seem far away and you kind of feel all alone, uh, you, you, you can't kind of see it all and it feels like you're in total darkness, when you start to become defeated by the shadow I would just say, don't look at the shadow, turn in the exact opposite direction and look at the light. And the shadow falls behind you. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And when we look to him, he addresses our fears and we're not defeated by the shadows. And so we're in this valley today together. And I just want you to know, you don't have to walk through this valley alone. Um, I'm not promising you the absence of the shadow. I'm just offering, offering you the presence of the shepherd. Today is the best kind of celebration of a life well lived. There's no need to embellish today. There's no need to avoid certain topics. This is, Barb lived a life worth celebrating, and you're here this morning because your life has been enriched by having her in it. So I asked my dad to come and uh, share a few personal thoughts about Barb, and I know that he and Mom uh, collaborated on this. The relationship they enjoyed with Barb was very special, so Dad, you come and share what's on your heart. I love that first song. The mourner now rejoicing. We will dance forever. The Bible says that weeping may endure for the night season, but joy comes in the morning. And I want to remind you of that great truth. So once again, I'll say it. Good morning. And God bless you, each one. One day this past week, I was thinking. I've had a lot of time to think recently. And I thought Thanksgiving is going to be different this year. And I moved from that to thinking about Christmas. And I thought, Christmas is going to lose some of its merriment and glitter for some of us, all, all because a, a beloved mom, a, a daunting grandmother, a loyal friend will be among the missing. But then I was reminded, when the one you treasure becomes a memory, that memory becomes a treasure forever. So it will be so different not to be gifted with those Beautifully decorated tins containing England's own quality street tasty morsels. Or, as the pastors around here always call them, our annual supply of vitamins. <laughs> For many, many delicious Christmases, and I mean many, thanks to our special friendship with one Barbara. Barbara Helen Garfield was born in Gloucestershire, a county in southwest England, on June 2nd, 1924, to Harold and Annie Hurd, and she departed this life more than 97 years later, on October 1st, 2021. So as a church family, we lovingly extend our Heartfelt sympathy, son Wayne, daughter Diana, five grandchildren, 11 great-grandchildren, 
And look, on behalf of all of us assembled in this place, we want to say also a special thank you to Ray and Diana for opening your home to Barbara these past few years and showing her love and comfort and protection and peace of mind for her. It's a noble thing you've done. We're grateful for that love that you've shown. You know, as we gather here today in the shadow of sorrow and grief, as Pastor Todd has said, we also realize that the glorious, ever-brightening light, the greatest hope the world has ever known, is right here with us. He hasn't left us. He hasn't forsaken us. He hasn't forgotten our need. And I'm speaking of the presence of Jesus, in whom lies the hope of an eternal life for everyone of his true believers. Surely our hearts and our minds are overflowing with wonderful, vivid memories of time spent and days lived with our precious Barbara. Dear friends, let's always hold to those precious memories instead of only to our sorrow. And in so doing, we will receive much-needed comfort and the strength to carry on throughout our lifetime. Barbara spent nearly three decades employed by the United States Postal Service. Uh, from what I understand, pretty well all over the Cape Cod area of Massachusetts. I never saw her drive a mail truck, but I can just imagine. It has been duly noted that she really enjoyed oil painting, lovely stuff, knitting, and reading. Uh, early on in our relationship, we often shared our magazines on the British royalty entitled Majesty. And oh, she loved her cats. To her, a friendly type of companionship. And I'm sure that many of you are aware of that relationship. Well, my wife, Barb One, you see, Barb G was always to me or to us affectionately known as Barb II. Well, they exchanged cards and gifts for various occasions, and for 30 years, they used the Barb I and Barb II designations. And I have to stand before you this morning and publicly admit, I'm so glad I never got those mixed up. <laughs> I'm thinking today of my very first encounter with Barb II. Some of the details may be sketchy, but I think I'm pretty much on, on track. She, she was fairly new to town or to this area, and uh, as were we. And uh, she attended a service or two at then Ellsworth Baptist Temple, and she invited me one Sunday to drop in for a visit sometime when I was in the area. I believe she was living with Joanne and her family up on Bridge Hill, and um, so I came by one afternoon. It took me a little while to figure out how to get in that driveway, but uh, I came by one afternoon for a pastoral visit, a, a spot of tay and, and some tasty goodies, and a long discussion on our shared love of the British tradition with her England roots and my Canada roots. And from then on, it was just a wonderful, pleasant, growing friendship with Bob and the two Barbs. Sometimes she was referred to as Mrs. Bouquet, and I as the vicar. 
Matter of fact, she would sign the card sometimes. Or she would say, to the vicar. With credits, of course, to the great Britcom keeping up appearances. And nearly every Sunday, very few exceptions, for these 30-odd years, <coughs> excuse me, on her way out of church, she would give me a grade score on my sermon for the day. Oh, never fail. Now, I'm happy today to say, I wish my mom was here to hear this, there were no D's or F's. And mostly all A's, a lot of A pluses, and sometimes an A plus with a star. Mm. She seemed to be always active. She was active, especially even here at her church, Faith Community. Whether we were at the Holiday Inn, the middle school, the YMCA, or since 2005, right here in this building. She was an integral part of the cleaning team for a number of years. And oh, how she loved those Saturday breakfasts, especially the Belgian waffles topped with berries and whipped cream. Yeah, at Sylvia's. She was a rocker over in Treasure Bay. You could say Barbara rocked. We do. And we shall never forget and will always be thankful that she was kind of dubbed Cookie Monster around here for supplying all the tins of fresh-baked, delicious, mouth-watering chocolate chip cookies for the workers. Every single... You can taste them, can't you? Every single week for over six months during the remodel renovation of this mighty building. To Barbara's memory, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Barbara. Now, I also remember her as active out in the community, which is wonderful. And as for me, it was the fact, uh, one thing of many, that she was heavily involved in Tai Chi classes, eventually to the point of being a Tai Chi instructor, even into her 90s. And my wife and I will always remember and cherish with great fondness the trips and the things we did together, especially that trip, the one that she thoroughly enjoyed, I believe, to Halifax for the great Royal Nova Scotia International Tattoo, the great military gathering, and, and it was just like a taste of home for her. As some of you may know, no matter the subject, dear Barbara had an opinion. And she didn't mind letting you know. From day one at Faith Community, Barb was supportive of our efforts to bring a more modern approach to church music. I think it's an understatement even to say she loved the band, she loved the drums, she loved the guitars. Back in the spring of 2014, our drummer was out of town for one Sunday, and Barb turned to Barb one and asked, where's the drummer? Of course, she called him by name. Now, Barbara Garfield may have been the oldest member of faith community, but only in years. Only in years. May I add, she was also a charter member of this church, and she was a deeply respected member of our overall congregation. From an interview we did with her on the occasion of her 90th birthday, <clears throat> she said, and I quote, 
I had a wonderful childhood, lots of friends, and interesting things to do. Now remember, Barbara was just 15 years old when World War II broke out. Here's what she said about that. It was kind of exciting. <laughs> I've been in a bomb shelter. And this, of course, was everybody's favorite. And she's kind of smiling and laughing while she's telling this. She said, I went to school one day, and the school wasn't there. We were happy we were going to have time off from school. That's a direct quote. During the war, later on, Barb worked for Bristol Airplane Company, building bow fighters, a type of strike aircraft. Interesting thing she told us uh, at that time, her father was on the cinder patrol, putting out rooftop fires caused by the bombings. Yeah. Barb's husband, Fred, was an American military police officer stationed in her hometown, and they met through a mutual friend and Barb's love for horses. When her friend asked her to take Fred riding, all that to say, she had a lifetime love for horses. And as the story goes, I wasn't there to verify it, she promised herself that when she got a job, she would learn to ride. So when she got her first paycheck on a Friday, she took her first horseback riding lesson on Saturday. She often spoke of Blackie, and I don't know, I never knew if that was her first horse, her favorite horse, her only horse, I don't know. I just know it was her horse. So here we are today. It's, it's a different day for all of you, and we're very aware of that. Because it is a time, there is a time to grieve. There is a time for sorrow. <clears throat> but we're here to remind you all, family members and friends, that our purpose today is to bring a measure of comfort and sympathy and compassion and support. We understand you have a deep sense of loss, but let me remind you, you are not alone. We grieve with you, and yet we rejoice that another soul has reached home. You see, God's Word, the Bible, reminds us once again that we sorrow not as those who have no hope. The Apostle Paul's words to Timothy, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the, the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Barbara Helen Garfield has run her race. She has kept the faith, and her heavenly eternal reward awaits her now. Occasions such as this often serve to draw people close together. And I hope that's happening in the family and in the larger family of all of us that know and love Barbara. This is more than most types of losses. Because in this loss, we are witnessing the loss of a matriarch, the end of an era, 
a mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, a faithful Christian, and not least of all, our precious friend. What have we lost? We have lost all that could die of Barbara Garfield. Dear members of Barb's family, you were loved. You are loved. And you always will be loved. Hold that close to your heart. Allow me, please, to leave you with these words of hope. We praise and thank you, our Heavenly Father, for the unspeakable gift of life itself. Thank you for your continual care, your words of grace and truth, your undying love for every one of us. May our fears be dispelled by your love, our loneliness aided by your sweet presence, and our hope enforced by your eternal promises. Thank you for gifting Barbara to us, for the years we shared with her and the love and understanding we received from her. And now, give us the strength and the confidence to pass her back to your care, fully knowing your infallible assurance of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Thank you, God, for a life well-lived and for memories long to be cherished. Now, as we confidently entrust our sister Barbara back to God's care and eternal peace, even so may you, my friends, every one of you, from this day on, move forward in peace. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. God bless. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. In a few days, the family's going to have um, a private moment at the graveside. So today, we simply want to declare that it's with confidence that we leave our loved one, our friend, in the hands of a merciful, loving, heavenly Father with spiritual assurance uh, because of the fact that Barb knew the Lord and made it clear to so many of us that she's leaning on the person of Jesus and it's because of that that those of us who believe have this assurance that we will see her again and in the presence of the Lord. Death is not simply extinguishing the light from the believer. It's putting out the lamp because the dawn has come. So we're thankful, as Dad has said, for a life well lived, a strong and consistent faith, a friendship and companionship for many years. And so we give God thanks for all of that. On behalf of Barb's family, I want to thank you uh, for being here today, for your love and your support and your concern. Um, we'd love for all of you to stay around for just a few minutes here after we dismiss. We're going to have a really simple little snack and some coffee in the, in the Welcome Center. Um, please stay and enjoy the company of some friends for as long as you want to. I guess we can just eat until lunchtime if you want to do that, okay? Uh, <laughs> the band's going to come, whoever they happen to be, and uh, we're going to close with a song. And uh, we invite you to join us as we do. We're going to, uh, the family, you guys can, you, if you want to head to the lobby while we sing, you're welcome to. Um, and then everyone is welcome to join us around the table there in the lobby. Let's, uh, can we stand together and have prayer? And then we'll sing. <clears throat>
Heavenly Father, we're, we come to you uh, this morning and we're humbled and we're grateful uh, for the, the opportunity that you've given us to live in relationship with you. Uh, thank you that this is part of Barb's story. Thank you that it's a story of so many of us here. I pray that as we go from this place that we would live in such a way uh, to reflect that light that we carry with us. I pray that we would live in a way that honors the legacy of our friend and the mark she's left on, on our lives. And God, I pray that we would leave here with a sense and heart full of gratitude for the experience, those, those shared experiences and the memories we take with us and a sense of hope um, for that day when we will be in her presence once again and in the presence of the Lord that we love. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing together.